BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Finally, the episode is here. Welcome back to We Met at Acme. We are finally airing the Bradshaw Boys episode, which I've been so excited about. We've been so backed up with episodes recently, and that's definitely my fault because I get excited and I want to record with everyone. But I'm telling you, we have the most exciting summer lineup for you ever. Between this episode, we've got Sex with Emily, we've got Whitney Cummings. We have so many exciting episodes for you. I'm bursting. Um, So I'm very excited for that. Before we get into it, I'm going to answer a few of your questions and then just get right into it. If you are not a Sex in the City watcher, you will be after this episode. But if you are and you maybe you want to like remind yourself, honestly, start from the beginning. It is the best show on earth. Yes, you might be very frustrated with Carrie, but you'll see that we were as well. I mentioned egg freezing in the last episode and I said that it was kind of like a shitty experience. I just want to say, I don't know why I said that. I've never freeze my eggs. I have no idea if it's a shitty experience and I would never want to deter women from going through that experience. I actually had a really wonderful woman reach out and say that she had a great experience with it. So I just want to revisit that and say, it's not a bad experience. If you can afford to freeze your eggs, you know, some companies actually cover this, do it. Like do something for yourself that makes you not have to worry about some stupid timeline or, you know, clock, whatever they call it. Someone wanted me to talk about friends who are rude to your significant other for no reason. I don't know. It feels like those friends are in love with your significant other. Like that's how I would interpret it. Or they just don't think they're good enough for you. But either way, they're immature and probably toxic and need to get the fuck over that. I remember I like had a blip where I was kind of not mean to my friend's significant other, but like didn't think that he was worthy of her. And then I got over that because like that was a me problem. And if they're happy, that's all that matters juggling dating multiple people in the earlier stages without being shady. That's so hard because I used to mess that up all the time, like especially because I was like smoking weed. I would think that someone told me one thing and then someone told me something else. Like I'd be like, wait, didn't your sister go to Harvard? And they'd be like, I have a brother. And it was just so clear that I was dating multiple people. But the reality is like, you don't owe them anything until you're official and you should be dating multiple people. So I think the more that like you are not necessarily open about it, like, oh, I'm going on a date with someone else tomorrow. But you like, let's say you mess something up and they call you out and they're like, oh, it must've been another date. You could be like, yeah, it must've been, sorry. Like you have no reason not to be dating multiple people until it's official. So it is what it is. And like, you can just say like you have a dinner if, if you have a date with someone else. And that's not being shady because guess what? You do have a dinner. I remember actually in an episode of Sex and the City, Big was on a date with someone else and Carrie saw them, but they weren't official. And she was like, what's going on? Why are you doing this? You told me you had a dinner. You lied. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, I had a dinner thing. Like I didn't lie. And he's right. He didn't. If you have a dinner thing, that probably means date, you know, unless they're being specific. Like I have a dinner with my old friend from camp. Someone asked how I got started slash found success. They're a new follower. Welcome. Um, so glad that you're listening. I really just decided to put myself out there. There were no dating podcasts at the time. I had like 3,000 followers on my personal Instagram. And I just blew up the fact that I was starting a podcast. Like I had no shame. I emailed everyone on my contact list. I posted it on Instagram on my personal. And I was like, I'm starting a podcast. Like it was a grid post. I was like, I'm starting this podcast. Please follow it. I'm going to talk about dating 
And I would tell every single person I ever came across. And I think that's so much of like being successful is being able to put yourself out there. Like every person I know who's like an influencer or a podcast host does that and can't be afraid to do that. And if you are afraid to do that or you like you, you know, tread carefully, you won't be successful. So make sure that you have like the chutzpah, as they say, I think that's a Yiddish word for balls um, to do that. Also, I wanted to let you guys know that we have an amazing live show with Remy Bader, who is a curvy influencer, but most importantly, just a badass. And it's on May 27th. The link to buy tickets to the show is in my bio for We Met at Acme's Instagram. I highly recommend you get tickets. Remy and I are going to be together in person at my new apartment. So you'll get a little apartment tour before anyone. And you guys will all be virtual. It's going to be so fun. You can ask us questions live. Trust me, you don't want to miss that. May 27th. We're going to start off Memorial Day weekend right. And having too much sex with a significant other. Is it possible? Definitely possible, but not a problem in my opinion. I used to think that if someone had too much sex with their partner, it meant that they were using them for sex, which is so delusional because if they're your partner, they're probably not using you. If they're not defining things, but having too much sex with you, they probably are. But too much sex is never a problem, especially because it's going to end up dwindling regardless. Like once you have kids, once you're married, once your schedules get busier. So I would just embrace it unless it's painful, in which case tell them you have to have it less. When to move in with your partner. This is a mix of like time spent together versus age. If you're 30 plus, like you move in whenever the fuck you feel like it. Like you know yourself, you're over 30, whatever. But when you're younger, I think you do it when you want to take that next step. Not just because your leases are up, but really because you're like, I love coming home to this person. Or you know, like I came home and I was sad not to see this person. But I think it's also important to live alone before you live with a significant other. And obviously financially, this is not like the easiest thing to do because it's very expensive to live alone. But if you have the means to do this, even if you live in a shoebox, like living alone before living with someone is so important. You got to know yourself. You got to be able to spend time alone. It's really a good thing. Signs from your significant other's family slash potential in-laws that it will not work. I think just being too different, like not understanding where the other person comes from. I found that in the past when I like really couldn't stand, you know, being at a lunch with my significant other's mom or thought that there were behaviors that were like really obnoxious that I didn't want to align with, that showed me that like this wasn't a match. But again, it really has to do with how close your significant other is with their family. If they're not close with their family, it doesn't really matter as much. But if they are, then you should look for signs that you're just like, if you're getting the ick from their family, then you might end up getting it from them. Moving slash how I found an apartment I wanted to stay in for eight years before that. I love my apartment. Uh, loved my apartment at this point. It's Sunday and I've moved already. So RIP. It was in such a central location, like perfectly in the middle of Union Square. And the building was amazing. I couldn't afford to pay rent, like full rent until a year ago. And so up until that point, I had roommates like all the time. Um, And so I would, you know, pay half. And that's how I afforded it. And I just loved it. Like, I love the doorman. They're my family, my brothers. And I mean, the building management honestly sucked, but the doorman kept me going. The location kept me going. And I just like didn't want to leave. I really loved this space. My room was really big. It was really just something that really worked. Can respect for your significant other build over time? Honestly, no, I really don't think so. You need to start a relationship with respect for your partner. Otherwise, you're going to have contempt for them. And that's one of the four horsemen, as the Gottman Institute says, look that up. And those are like relationship killers. So you need to respect your partner. What food would I want served at my wedding because I'm a foodie? Obviously, chicken fingers and fries, but maybe that's like a late night thing. I'd probably do the traditional like steak or fish, whatever it is, and really good hors d'oeuvres like pigs in a blanket and like mini pizzas and mini like mac and cheese bites, like all the best shrimp cocktail, you know, all that good stuff. And definitely like epic desserts too. Like I don't even know 
something really, really good. Matching with guys who are not that attractive in pictures. Mark my words, guys don't look good in photos. They look good in person. Always go on the date if you're not sure if they're attractive or not. I promise you they're more attractive in person. It's just a thing. If I'm wrong, slide into my DMs, but I really believe that. And now I'm really excited to let you listen to the episode with the Bradshaw boys. Enjoy. I'm not going to lie. I have good skin for the most part. And it's so important whether you have good skin, you think you have bad skin, to treat it right and to not overdo it. I have the kind of skin that like for the most part is good, but when I'm getting my period, I'll get like that huge pimple. I feel like that's just universal, honestly. But I never... like The worst thing I could ever do to my skin is use too many products that are too heavy. For me, Curology is the only thing I actually feel comfortable using. Curology matches you with a licensed dermatology provider And this person gets to know your skin and what's a good fit for it. So like you get prescribed cream, let's say, for either acne or fine lines, dark spots, and so much more. Especially now we're so exposed to sunlight and there's nothing more important than like wearing sunscreen and taking care of your skin. And for me, Curology makes that so easy because of the personalized products. I don't have to worry about using like a generic over-the-counter sunscreen or face cleanser, but I actually can use like the Curology ones. The cleanser I use every night before bed and it's just been amazing. The lotion, it's again, not too heavy. It doesn't make me feel like I'm like wearing something on my face. You really should try it. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be partnering with them if I didn't back it and believe in it. Go to curology.com slash Acme for your free 30-day trial. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash Acme. Unlock your free 30-day trial. Curology.com for all the details. Hot Girl Summer has officially begun, at least in New York City. At least that's how it feels. And you can't enjoy a hot girl summer if you don't take care of yourself first, if you know what I mean. It's so important to work on your sexual health in addition to your mental health. It all goes together. And that means you need to have some time to masturbate. Yes, you heard that correctly. And the way to do it in the classiest, sexiest way is by listening to Dipsy Stories. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories that are meant to turn you on. So like maybe you've always fantasized about your neighbor. Maybe you've always fantasized about that guy at the gym. These stories, really anything that you can think of is in Dipsy. This app is the best thing that's ever happened to me, to friends of mine. And Dipsy's offering you an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme. Look for your ideal story, listen to it, and you know, self-care because you deserve it. And you're going to have a better hot girl summer or hot guy summer that way. Dipsystories.com slash Acme. I'm Sinead Grimes-Beach. And I'm Annalyn McCord. After years spent playing best friends on screen on 90210. And fighting like hell behind the scenes. Ah, yes. How could I forget? (laughs) We made it out of our time in Young Hollywood on a show that shared names with the most iconic zip code in the world. Bonded for life, but not without a shit ton of baggage in tow. Now we are back together letting it all hang out on our new podcast, Unzipped. Tune in and unzip with us and our brilliant guests every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, welcome back to We Men at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Corey, John, and Kevin, aka the Bradshaw Boys. Hey guys. What's up? Hey. Hello. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thank you for being on. I was just I was just having dinner, like an early dinner with my dad, and I was telling him, like, I'm recording with these guys and they have this podcast and they talk about sex in the city. And he's like, he's like, oh my God, that's so fun. Like three gay guys. That's amazing. (laughs) And I was like, ha ha plot twist. Um, (laughs) 
but he definitely was a Sex and the City watcher as well. So he he respects oh, no it a lot. Did you watch it together? No, no. They would watch it with their door closed. And then my sister and I would watch it on our own. We, That's so... Did you know that they were watching that? And did they yeah. know that you were watching it? But it was just something you never talked about. No, we t- we would talk about it, but not like, oh my God, did you agree that like Samantha should have like, you know, given that guy head in the scene, you know? <laughs> Do you remember were you an HBO household growing up? Like, did oh, you yeah. guys have HBO? Okay, cool. Definitely HBO household. Uh, other door shut moments were when they watched Sopranos and when they watched... Um, the L word. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I which I never really got into. What about you guys? Did you did you have HBO growing up in your life? Ab- absolutely no. not. That no, and none of us were close. HBO households. We had on Sandlot, the Sandlot one time, and when when the lifeguard like kisses the boy, my uh-huh. parents were like, "All right, all right, no, no," and turned it <laughs> off. Yeah. Like that's like how lame my parents were with stuff. And when I told them like four years ago, I was thirty one when we started this podcast, and they're like. Are you sure you should be watching Sex in the City? Like, there's, <laughs> no, they're still not okay with it. <laughs> yeah. we, we, our family walked out of Mrs. Doubtfire not for not for the cross dressing or other reasons. It was because the little boy was disrespectful to his parents. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Mm-hmm. That it is could be, wild. Could be watching that, guys. We were, I thought I had it bad. Yeah, no. No, go ahead. we were definitely. Uh, we were like, we were like a no HBO household, and my parents were very conservative about stuff. But then they would like ease up in the moment, but I don't think Sex in the City would like would have been on the list. Like they would ease up that I could watch like R-rated movies with cussing in them. Mm-hmm. And, but like even to this day, they're like fine, but like we don't really get in a lot of discussions about sex in the city. I when I told my mom about it, she was like, is it just a show about women that have sex? And I was like, well <laughs> yeah. kind of. just women. Yeah. That's just women. Yeah, that's just, just, that's yeah, just, yeah, that just women. Right. Yeah, it's, it's just people. Yeah. That's exactly. so funny. I had a situation when I was younger. Um we had a babysitter like when we were on like a family vacation once and we were watching Titanic. And I guess the babysitter like had never watched Titanic before because she thought it was fine. Like she had approved it mentally. And we get to the scene in the car where they're like, Mm. you know, going at it and she takes her sweater and she puts it over the TV. And my sister and I were so mad. We were like, (sighs) what? Like this babysitter sucked, mom. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it was really, it was upsetting. But when um, she when she did that, did she like remove her sweater from herself? So she was standing there topless, but <laughs> had the TV covered and you were like, mm, really uh, close the door and a window. Very inappropriate. And then when, um, exactly. when the body like hit at the end of the movie, like hits the propeller and then flings, everyone's just totally fine with it. Just like show the, right. yeah, yeah. Show, show right. the thousands exactly. of people dying, but just don't, don't but watch But not them. the sex. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I bet the, the, the three of us, I think, were probably the kind of households, at least I know that we were, that like my parents would not be okay with something like Sex in the City, but were way more okay with like violence in movies. Right, mm-hmm. which makes yeah. zero sense and shouldn't yeah. be no, a thing. We watched Faces of Death every Sunday after church. It was crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, seriously. And then it's like you grow up and you like let's say you go home for the holidays and a movie's on and there's like a sex scene and all of a sudden you're all watching it together. And mm-hmm. at that point, there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just oh, is what it is. It's so uncomfortable. It's 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 uncomfortable with the um, the parents and then it. I'm not sure your relationship status, but it, it compounds with the in-laws. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like double awkward with the... Uh, with in-laws or the parents of significance. It's just so brutal. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about this because we were at dinner, my boyfriend and I and my dad. And the first time he met them, we watched the show called Normal People Mm -hmm, together. mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the whole thing is one big sex scene. Yeah. And we had just finished like the most heated sex scene. It was the first time they had sex Mm -hmm. and it's dead silent in the room. And my boyfriend goes... Well, now we can watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and normal so people's true. a pretty good litmus test. That's yeah. a pretty that's the pretty explicit sex scene show. Mm-hmm. John, it's, John, it's you watched John watched my comedy special with his in laws, right? Mm-hmm. And I talk I about I talk about my first <laughs> sexual experience and talk about going to a doctor for like an STD scare and like all this stuff. And John got to watch all of that with his in-laws. <laughs> which is That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was, love that. It was, 
it was great. I love it. Um, I know, but I knew when, since I, I knew when the, uh, the, the brutal parts were coming. So when you talk about, you know, having sex with a mattress and a La Quinta Inn, <laughs> I can casually go get some pretzels. Wait, that's really funny. I, I have been to a La Quinta Inn. So now I, I have too much of a visual right now, but, yeah. um, no. So I want to back up and just do a little background for those listeners who don't know you guys. Mm-hmm. Can we go around starting with John, then Corey, then Kevin? Um, how old are you and where are you originally from? And oh, and your Zodiac sign, because I know it mm. from our episode, mm-hmm. but our listeners might not. Totally. I am uh, 37. I had to think about that for a second. Um, I, I kind of <laughs> lost count after 34. Um, yeah, it happened. 37 years old. And I'm originally from the Chicagoland area. Lived in New York for 11 years now. And uh, I am cancer. I'm a cancer. I'm not cancer. I'm a cancer. <laughs> love it. Love it. What about you, Corey? Uh, I am 43 years old, which I had to also think about that because I do <laughs> feel like there's been times in my life where I would I would like age myself down randomly and then I would age myself up and you just forget at some point, I think. But I've lived in New York for going on like, my gosh, like almost 16 years now. And I am originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I am a Virgo. Love it. Love it. And Kevin? Uh, I'm Kevin. I'm 35 and I'm from Columbus, Ohio. And I've been in New York now for 13 years and I'm a Libra. Love a Libra. We've got two Libras on the bottom here. I know you can't see my Zoom, but it's got the Libras (laughs) on the bottom. Do you know know that clip from Grey Gardens? Where little, oh, I forget what her name is. Little Edie. Little Edie, little Edie and Big Edie. She's reading horoscopes and she's like, that's what I need. I need a Libra man. I'll send you. It's a gr- <laughs> Why do I feel like I'm always talking about Grey Gardens? Uh, Was that with you guys? I don't know. I think you guys did talk about that because you guys bonded <laughs> over Libra stuff. Okay. This is, yeah, I said yeah. the same exact and thing. Probably. This is so funny. Um, but you brought up a thing where you said you were always referencing Grey Gardens, like maybe even more in quarantine. No, I always it's... reference Grey Gardens. I'm always like, oh, like we're so Grey Gardens right now. Like it's like a, <laughs> yeah, totally. it's like an adjective. We have got so many amazing questions for you guys. And it's funny because I didn't know like what kind of questions would come in. Mm. Honestly, I feel bad for Carrie with these questions. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, oh, wow. So to give some background on the Bradshaw boys, basically, and you guys please pop in if I'm saying it wrong, but okay. got together and were like, let's rewatch Sex in the City and let's discuss it because it is honestly a piece of God's work, in my opinion. <laughs> I think it, I think you guys agree, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in your episodes, you kind of go over an episode of Sex and the City. And I think you guys are really well versed with all the characters and pretty much all the episodes by now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're actually, we started the project watching it for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey had seen a few episodes. I kind of was introduced to it because my wife would put it on and like while she was doing background things and I mm-hmm. never gave it much attention, but kind of started like enjoying it a little bit. And then Kevin gave Sex and the City tours without actually ever seeing the show as a, a professional when he first moved to New York. He was a, a Sex and the City tour guide. So one evening we got, uh, had a, a few too many cocktails and we we're like, we should start a podcast where we watch <laughs> Sex and the City for the first time while we were getting protected by a um, army vet who was also a drag queen who chased down people trying to steal our bikes. Yeah, <laughs> Long story, but um, that's where the idea kind of started. So we had never seen the show all the way through. Um, I would say combined, there, we had maybe seen five episodes yeah. and started the project uh, five years ago, four years ago. Four years, yeah. I think it was, I think it was 20. I think we started it in late 2017, but we didn't mm-hmm. start putting out episodes of the podcast till 2018. Yeah, and, uh, that's when we started watching it. We're on our second round through, um, getting ready for the news uh, season that's going to come out. And just like that, so we're watching it all over again. I love running it. Running it back. And we're yeah. going to talk about that new season. Um, it's funny. I feel like with Sex in the City, there are two kinds of people. The people that have never seen it and like, I don't understand those people. And the people <laughs> who have seen every episode like six times. Mm. Um, there's just mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. in between. And I think the people who wrote in the questions are the people who have seen every episode six times. The first question, we're coming in really hot here. Perfect. 
The first question was, are we supposed to like Carrie? Oh, man. Oh, great This is such question. a good question. John, right? you should yeah. take this. Uh, man. I'm so conflicted. So mm-hmm. I I am probably notorious on her show for being very hard on Carrie. I think she is an incredible, incredibly unlikable person. I think she's selfish, completely hijacks conversations and other people's emotional issues and makes everything about herself. I think she kind of has to because she is the the focal point of the show. But I'm not sure if we're supposed to like Carrie, but we're supposed to very strongly relate to Carrie. Well, I was going to say, like, are we all Carrie? Like, is that why we hate her, you Mm. think? Yeah, I think we are all either Carrie. Like, I'm I'm the furthest away from Carrie, but I still identify with a lot of things that she goes through and the way she thinks. Or I have close friends like Corey, I hope you don't mind me saying, who is very Carrie-like. And (laughs) I can relate to her because I have someone like that in my life that is a Carrie. Um, Right. But I don't know. What what do you guys guys think? Well, I think one thing that is why the show still holds up is the same reason why, like, are you supposed to like Walter White? Are you supposed to like Tony Soprano? Like, we're so used to watching these like villainous characters and like this is the same era but so i think she's just like a female anti-hero that is set more in a rom-com so it's harder to because she like when we throw up questions about her on our instagram like people love and hate her and there are people that like Mm. defend her to the death and people that are like fuck this like decision she made and like hate her and i think that's just the making of a great character that that mm-hmm. there's she's not universally hated or liked. She's like very complex. Mm-hmm. And I think right. in the same way of like that first peak era of like golden age of TV, it was just like, whoa, well, I don't know week to week how I'm going to feel about this person. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. She's flawed. Yeah. It's it's yeah. funny that you compare her to Tony Soprano, who's a murderer. You're like, yeah, well, he's a murderer. But... Yeah. He's a murderer, but he's like even more sane than Carrie that he would go to therapy. She totally. whacked Carrie. He... Carrie. Carrie went once and slept with uh, one of the other patients there. Yeah. Right. Carrie to- could have stopped that girl from falling out the window. Let's be honest. Totally. She totally. could have reached out and grabbed think, her. Totally. Think, about, think about all of the people she whacked Aiden's heart, N- <laughs> Natasha's teeth. I mean, that's yeah, it's true. Poor Natasha. Well, I, oh my well, so for people who are listening and for some reason have never watched Sex and the City and are like, I'm about to turn this off if you don't tell me who Carrie is. Carrie is the protagonist of the show. She is a writer and she kind of, you know, is the the main character voiceover person who is, I would say, the one that we know best in this mm-hmm. gaggle of girls, which is mm-hmm. Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, if we had to guess Carrie's sign, I know that you guys don't know a lot about astrology, but I, th- I think we did t- we did touch upon this. A little bit, yeah. I, I think I would say she's, she's like an Aries or a Libra. Why would you say that? Because I am interested to like, I know... Like you said, we don't know a ton about it. I think mm-hmm. we might know passing things, but yeah, what would make her those signs? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Libras are known to be like hopeless romantics and mm-hmm. like they're always like when they first meet someone like planning like the rest of their lives in a, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And so, or at least Libra females. And so mm-hmm. I think that she shows a lot of those she she makes a lot of bad choices and she's very she's like a serial monogamist in mm. so many ways and she you know she doesn't really like learn her lesson cuz she keeps mm. like trying again and then the the reason i think she could be an aries is just because like she she does have that part of her that's really headstrong that's like mm-hmm. you know no matter how many times miranda's like that's a horrible idea she's like mm-hmm. i don't care um yeah. so yeah i don't know that first descriptor that you used for her resonates with me for charlotte Charlotte, I think, is the one who is like planning which wedding invitations she right. wants to send when she first meets someone. But, so. but I think Charlotte's like that because she is so like obsessed with society and like mm, yeah. society wanting point. her to like have that ending. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of upbringing with Charlotte. I forget mm-hmm. where they say that she's from, but she's so much like especially being from North Carolina. Like I know about like debutante balls and stuff. Right, and I right. think that's the thing in the Northeast too, but like she is so obsessed with like that version of just prim and proper status. Right. 
It's yeah. really true. Another question that is kind of like goes off of this last question is, how do you think Carrie would be different if Sex and the City was written today? Oh, great question. Man, that is a really good question. I We've talked about this. I think that one way that it probably wouldn't be different is I think that she would have the same career and it would it would be... A lot of people make comparisons to this show and girls and, you know, talk about how girls mm. was like a different version of sex in the city later. But I think that some of her, her like work stuff would be kind of like Hannah's in that show where it's mm-hmm. like Carrie would probably be bouncing around more from like independent writing assignment to freelance assignment, but still doing her like sexual anthropologist, like writing. She'd probably be, I mean, not to borrow from like, the show Emily in Paris, but like she probably would have some sort of like social no, media. she would. Yeah. She 100% would. She but would I, definitely have a fashion blog or like a shoe blog. Mm-hmm, totally. totally. But I think they'd be more realistic about like the show gets a lot of flack for being like Carrie could never afford anything in her life. <laughs> yeah. And I think that they would either be more realistic or more transparent about it because mm-hmm. in this day and age, people are like, it costs a lot of freaking money to live in cities like New York, San Francisco, London. And that's like a real... People are more open about that struggle now, you know, to be like, I want to live this fabulous life, but it's tough. Or even people that aren't... um, Even people that aren't open about it, people love to expose like, you see this influencer doing this, but like really, this is the real thing behind it. So I think that they'd have to reckon with that. That's a good point. But I will say in her defense, like people got paid more to write back then true. than that they do true. today. That's really true. Like everything's free now. It's very possible that like, you know, if she was getting published in like Vanity Fair or like the New York Post in a column or wherever her column was, that they were paying her like a steady income. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And she got a, I mean, that's what's interesting about the show. I think that how would Carrie be different? I don't necessarily know specifically, but I know the show now was like part of like, monoculture when like everybody flocked to the same thing. And yes. and one mm. of the cool things about that time, the same way, same with like any of these big shows, is that everyone was then talking about the same thing. So they kind of get the meatiest, you know, like you couldn't just have a thing that's like, have these very basic questions that are just like, blah, blah, blah. Because it almost seems like it's been done before, but it was done by this show. So you have to get a little mm. more exactly. niche. And when I watched it, watching it for the first time, like as an adult, I was like, oh my gosh, this was a really cool experience to now be in my 30s and watch some very basic questions now that I see on Instagram accounts and in like all kinds of like niche articles and stuff. But this was like every Sunday you got to go and have her talk about the main things and everyone in the city was talking about it. And it's it's a little fantasy that it's like, this writer is like sexy, cool, and has the money and all that. But that's also what made it, makes it exciting yeah. still to watch that it's like, it's not necessarily realistic. And I think we have way more of a, we put way more capital in authenticity now, which is in what we watch in characters. And I think this is more like a little more fantastical than when it was written. They weren't like, this isn't supposed to be 100% realistic. It's supposed to be, um, you know, it's supposed to be a little fantasy about like, being a rich writer in New York that smokes inside mm-hmm. her apartment and right. hangs out with cool people. Right. Yeah, I think I think something that people say often about the show is that New York City is the fifth character. And I think you could have all the human characters almost be r- replicated like person for person. You could have the 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 Charlotte character, the Samantha, you could have the the career driven Miranda. But I think the city itself has changed partly because of what that show did to the city mm-hmm. that it would, it would feel a little bit different. Kind of like what, what Kevin was saying, where like there wasn't one spot, there wasn't a like nightclub where everyone was going to, and it was the talk of the town. So they'd probably have to do something with that and, and mm-hmm. change that up somehow. I would argue that Carrie would have been a fan of Acme if it were still a bar. <laughs> I'm um, like, yeah. I'm so upset. I didn't, I ha- didn't get to go. Yeah, none of I us know. went to Acme pre mm-hmm. pre quarantine, and we want to go I'm, if it opens again. I'm hoping that it will. Let's knock on wood. Confidence is the most important thing, and we get confidence from all different kinds of places. For me, this is so silly, but I get so confident when I smell how good my hair smells. Like, 
I don't know about you, but when I haven't washed my hair in a while, I get very like self-conscious about it. But when I have just showered with like a delicious smelling shampoo and conditioner, I am like on one. I personally am obsessed with Function of Beauty's customized shampoo and conditioner because I get to choose the scent. I choose rose, but there's also mango, pear, eucalyptus, whatever you want to smell like. You just go on the website, functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. You take a little quiz about what your hair is like and like basically just giving your hair everything that it needs to look and feel its best. And Function of Beauty does that for you. Like what's so great, like now it's kind of like humidity season. So if your hair needs something to make it less frizzy, that's something that you can put in the quiz. And your hair will never smell this good. I'm telling you. Like other things, you could choose tropical mango, sweet peach. I love the more subtle scents like rose, lavender. But whatever you choose, I'm telling you, it will smell heavenly. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme, take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. That applies to everything, hair, skin, and body products. Functionofbeauty.com, let them know you heard about it on this podcast and you'll get 20% off your order. Functionofbeauty.com slash Acme, check it out. So I have two more character assassination questions about Carrie and then we're gonna, <laughs> okay. and then we're gonna leave it. her alone. What is a dating red flag that Carrie always does? It's mm. uh, a great question. I know dead. I know dead air is great for a podcast. Yeah, I, I know. need to think about this. For a <laughs> I, mean, you know, I think a great. I, I think a big red flag. And and I actually I don't hate Aiden, but if like the first time you hang out with someone, they're just like, so you need to stop smoking. Like I would. Yeah. I I think like that is that is a. I, I know people that have experienced this specifically with smoking, but um, I do think that that red flag she she leans into like changing for people, I think a little yeah. too quickly. Right. And mm. yeah. I, I, I know some people that have stopped smoking, but they have only ever done it for themselves. Like yeah, you got to do you got to do it for yourself. I mean, with like the Petrovsky stuff, she was changing for him too. Mm -hmm. She's quick to do that, which is not cute. Yeah, I think she also like leans into she leans into fantasy so much, which like she kind of has to do for her job because she is like a dreamer. You know, she has to, mm -hmm. you know, think about like I'm gonna try this on. But I think that she really doesn't have. She gets away from self awareness. And mm -hmm. I think that she gets wrapped up in another person and and it takes her a little while to realize who she is. And then she remembers that later but gets conflicted about it. Mm -hmm. mm. And like the Petrovsky stuff or the Aiden stuff is like a good thing where like, you know, six months down the road, she's just like, oh no, this isn't working or I feel weird about this, but I'm just right. going to find a way to make it work. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think season one, Carrie, her relationship with Big is, is a pretty big red flag. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the scene where she shows up to spy on him at church when she's like there with his, his mom is pretty cringy. And then there's like a, there's a scene where she shows up because she's not, she, instead of communicating to him, she just tries to like pounce on him and force a conversation when yep. it's clearly not, the right time. Mm -hmm. There's a scene where he's like watching a boxing match and she like misunderstood him. And instead of talking to him, she jumps to this conclusion and like really forces drama rather than having a, uh, like a conversation. Yeah. I feel like that is, that would be a red flag to me or at least a yellow flag. Yeah. And there's a question that we're, um, we're going to ask about that specific dynamic this is the last Carrie only question, which is just in what ways do you think Carrie is a toxic friend? I have I have one answer that's immediately on my tongue, which is the fact that, and I've been guilty of this too, she literally writes articles about her friends' lives like, without their permission. Like she's like, like, Charlotte gets dumped and she's like, my friend got dumped. Do you think it was because she had BO? And it's like, wait, hon, like everyone knows that your friend is Charlotte. Like that's so mean. Yeah, totally. I know how many times did that come up at their like weekend, their weekend brunches where it was yeah, like, it's like hey, I, read I read your read article, your bitch. I know for real. Uh, everyone knows your redheaded friend is me, Miranda. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think other ways that she is. Well, she, oh, she definitely like, 
and this is part, one of the fun parts about doing the podcast is like, we kind of have to separate like, cause some things are just writing they're like, I'm sure the writers are like, yeah, we had, we, we didn't have enough time. We had to progress yeah. the story, but there are. And so this sometimes happens this, this way, but someone will like, she'll ask a question to Charlotte and she'll be like, what do you think? And then Charlotte will say her answer and Carrie will be like, hmm, interesting. And then come back and then just talk about big for 10 minutes. And she, yeah, literally. so she'll like change the subject and make it about her. And I, it's so, it happens so often that it's like, She's kind of selfish and also that's the way characters in TV have they have to drive their story forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it is pretty funny at times when Carrie will do it and I'll cringe because I'm like, man, John is just gonna hammer it home. Because Charlotte <laughs> would be like, I lost the baby. And Carrie's like, hmm, that reminds me of whether Big's being a baby right now or not. And it's just uh-huh. like <laughs> literally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's always about the most trivial shit. It'll be about like the, the Chinese food that Big ordered the night before. Right. And you're like, really? Like, yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, something I think she's, she does is she sets up a support system and then refuses to listen to them. And mm-hmm. that, that like drives me crazy. Like Miranda is the person that she goes to to get advice. But then when Miranda tells her things she doesn't want to hear, she will act like a baby and not listen to it. And Which is a lot of people, but I, I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think that's, I think that's also like you, that that's human nature. I think mm-hmm. I, everyone does it. I do that certainly. Um, but I think you notice it a lot with Carrie, par- partly because it's a TV show and they need to push the drama. But, right. um, you know, I think if you have people in your life that, you set up to be people that you go to for issues. The response should be to internalize that, think about it, and then make a decision, not attack that person, which I think she does sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into Carrie and Big a little bit. Um, John, you touched upon this, but essentially what is so evident in at least the first season is that Carrie and Big's relationship is like, you know, Big is painted as like this villain. But the reality is like Carrie is very obsessive and Big is very transparent. Like he is saying like, I cannot give you what you want. I am like so many signs were there. And so it almost reminds me of like, I have a friend who was hooking up with a guy and he was like, I'm not looking for a relationship by the way. And she continued to pursue him and then get devastated when he would hook up with other women. Um, And at that point, I didn't feel bad for her because I was like, girl, like he told you exactly what he could Mm -hmm. give you and could not give you and you stayed. So I can't help but think that Carrie is like my friend in that situation. Like, yet we all feel bad for her, but we shouldn't. Like, don't you agree? I think that's like such a good point because we are now that we're we're rewatching it a second time, like we we rewatched, you know, the end of season one where he shows up to take her on that trip and she is, they're already having some weird stuff and she's like, I just need you to tell me I'm the one. And, and, and I mean, we did, Kevin made a good point when we were talking about it that he was like, look, if you did, you made a great point, um, that she's like, if that's what she needs, I mean, personally, I think that is maybe a little strong at that point, but if that's what she needs, like, that's fine. But he, you're right. He's very transparent being like, hey, how about we go on this trip? And then even later in season two, when he sees her in public, he is definitely like the bigger man about things. And it's just like, he sees her with New Yankee and he's mm-hmm. like, hey, I saw you. You never look better. Like, I don't think he's baiting her. I think that he is doing his best to be like, right. we're both adults. We live mm-hmm. in this apparently very small city where we see each other at every party. But he doesn't hide from her. You know, he's just, he's like upfront about stuff. And she does a lot of, a lot of overthinking about a lot of stuff. Right. Like mm-hmm. what is toxic about their relationship is that he's not playing games and right. she thinks that he is and like <laughs> convinces all her friends that he is. And she's like big, like, you know, tap twice on my door. Like what is like trying to like turn everything into something mm-hmm. when, and like, it just, it's so frustrating because everyone's like so surprised that he 
you know, leaves her at the altar in the end. And it's like every sign was there yeah. mm-hmm. that he yeah, was going to do this. But, and I think that's a good point that he's not, it doesn't mean he's not without his issues. Right. But he is really upfront about that stuff. I also mm-hmm. think it's like realistically, it's like this this guy is a hundred million, a hundred, let's say he has a hundred million dollars. He's like a good looking guy with millions and millions of dollars. And I do think that it's like, if he's saying like, listen, I'm not really going to commit, like he's clearly jet setting everywhere, banging a bunch of models and like, and he's charmed by Carrie's like, I think the fact that they do have a real connection and they have this banter back and forth. And I don't think he probably gets that from a lot of his other relationships, but I think like when it comes down to it, if this person was a real person and Carrie was my friend, I'd be like, you need to know this, this is what it is and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But like this Same. guy is not going. And sure enough, like after eight seasons or six seasons plus A and B, well, that, but it's like, yeah. it, it's like, dude, this, this is not the guy that you forced to settle down because. Right. But it's like, what is that message? Like the fact that, you know, she does end up getting him in the end. It's like, is that a plot that tells women it's okay to like deal with this like toxic relationship if you really think he's the one? And then like, you know, just hold on, just keep holding on because then like when he's really tired and there's no one else in the picture and he's too old for the models, he'll choose you. Like that's really dark. Now the correct, yeah. the correct message from the show that people need to take is the Charlotte storyline and not letting all of your expectations be on someone like Trey and then expecting mm-hmm. a perfect person. And then maybe Harry will come into your life who actually like, that's actually, I think the truest lesson you could take from sex in the city is like having your world broken apart and broken down on all your expectations and then still getting an adopted baby and like achieving your dreams through a way that is not what you would write. I don't think there's many lessons you should take from Big and Carrier that are going to make your life easier. <laughs> well, yeah, so it's something true. that something that was really interesting in in the first time that we watched it through is that we we often talked a lot like like you're saying now like what's the message this is toxic like we we shouldn't extract lessons from this and we had a few uh, listeners reach out to us who were generation older than us who were now in their, you know, 50s, who are watching us as 30-something-year-olds. And they're like, you guys don't get it. Like, that's easy to see now. But we were the age of Carrie and we wanted big. And that was like, that was like, he, that relationship was everything to us. It was like the model of what we all dreamed about. And I thought yeah. that was like, interesting to have that generational perspective well, from someone who was, you know, 20 years Specifically, older it was when we talked about the elevator scene when he... When he, because we were like, man, oh, that's yeah, pretty, yeah. that was like pretty intense. I think at this point be defined as like, potentially there'd be, if it was Monday, Vulture would definitely be like, did Big force himself on, on Carrie? Oh, they would a hundred percent say that. And we, yeah. we talked about that and we had a bunch of older listeners. They were like, that's the sexiest scene on Sex in the City. Can you give a recap to our listeners who aren't aware of what happened in the elevator scene? Just There's, like briefly. This is when they're broken up, it's, right? Uh, it's when mm-hmm. they're it's when they're broken up. I forget what season. It might be season three. Uh, She's cheating on Aiden with him. They're yeah. meeting in her hotel for a rendezvous, and she 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 pulls away, and is like because they don't want to have we they don't, don't sleep to together. This. They don't want to cheat. They don't want to sleep together. Right. And he and then he kind of he he leans in and pursues her more than once, and then finally from him doing that, she just kind of falls into him. Yeah. And sa- she, she d- says she says no probably three or four yeah, times. Yeah, and definitely. He, he pushes through her nose over and over and over again. And then eventually she succumbs. Right. I to- think if that were anyone else, anyone else, that would be so not okay. I think because yeah. we know how deeply in her soul Carrie wants big mm-hmm. in every part of her body, like then we're like rooting for that mm-hmm. to happen. But I think in any other situation, it'd be like, no, yeah. no, that's horrible. Well, it was, what's interesting. It was, it was just, we've seen consistently with, with that scene in a lot of our big, big carry conversations is like older women see big in a completely different light than like younger women in our mm-hmm. experience of like, like John's saying, like it's, I, I don't see the appeal of him. I don't like even found to his, like the way he dresses. It's just like, it's funny that like, 
the the boxy suits like did not hold up right. well. Older women love toxic masculinity. They're just like, <laughs> give it to me. I yeah. want a guy who demeans me by calling me kid. <laughs> yeah. I want a guy to, you know, wear suits and pick me up in a car. And it's like all old, old traditional yeah, romance. The cigars. cigars and scotch, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. And he's, he's rich. And like, you also look at like, we, we talk about this a lot, but like a character like Skipper, who is definitely like, you know, a nerd and like played for that. There's all these things when you like watch Skipper in season one, where he's like actually like really going for it with Miranda. And he's like, I want to take you out, Miranda. And like, there's Skipper characters that are different, but 20 years later, they're written as like a cool computer programmer. Mm-hmm. But yeah. back then when this show came out, it was like, computers what a nerd this <laughs> right. guy's a big hedge fund manager that's who you want to be with right like the other guy there was the no bike. other option yeah exactly. yeah exactly that's so interesting so let's talk about a little bit later on in the show miranda is known as like the voice of reason to carrie especially um you know she did kind of fuck up in the sex and city movie by telling big not to get married whatever but was Miranda out of line when she told Carrie not to go to Paris with mm. Petrovsky? That is, it's you mentioned this earlier when we were talking about Carrie's toxic friend things. And I thought about, I thought about the scene because I think that's happening right around when Lexi Featherstone falls out the window. I think that's either the same episode or right around then. Mm-hmm. And Carrie mm-hmm. and Miranda have such a rift between them. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to tell because like Miranda, you're right, is such a wise friend and she goes into such like mama bear mode on Carrie sometimes. I mean, I forgot what we said the first time we watched it. I- well, I- I'll just say in terms of like when people write to me and they're like, you know, I really don't like my friend's partner or I think my friend is making a bad choice or this or that. What should I do? Without a shadow of a doubt, every single time, I say, let her make the mistake. Let her Mm. learn. Mm. Like, you are not her mom. You are Mm. her friend. And your job as a friend, point blank, definition in the dictionary, is to support your friend. Right? Mm. So, like, you kind of have to support... You have to shut up, I think. didn't didn't care didn't I and I could rem- misremember the scene, but did Carrie ask Miranda her opinion? And does that change your how you res- would respond to someone? So it, it, I think it's it's different if Kevin if I don't like Kevin's partner, yeah. and I just interject and say, "Hey, let me take you out to coffee." I don't like your partner versus Kevin saying, "Hey, I need to talk to you. What do you think about my partner?" Then should I lie? I honestly, I kind of think so. Like not lie, but I think that unless Kevin is saying to you, like, John, I'm having doubts Mm -hmm. about how I feel about my partner. What do you think? Be truthful with me. Then you say the truth. If he's saying, oh, what do you think of Jane? And you're like, I hate her. Like, that's not... That's like I I don't think go out of your way. Don't go above. Oh my god, I love her so much. She's one mm-hmm. for you. She's like, yeah, she's she's a sweet girl. You know, you can say it without saying it um, yeah. by like not getting too obsessive, like about you know pretending to like this person. I, I think when when you asked that question, I was going to be like, you get write-ins all the time. What would you say? And I was like, interested. What mm-hmm. because you know I think most people have had that relate to that scene. Because everyone does have friends that it's like, whoa, that's who you ended up with. Or like, uh-oh, I, th- I can feel an engagement coming on and I need to let this person know. And I actually did have that real experience with like, with I was almost engaged. I was engaged. I was almost married. And one of my close friends, a guest who's been on the podcast, did not like the girl because we were not right for each other. And like, he, he did sit me down but we broke up. And then when we got back together, I think this is what happens. And this is what Carrie does is then, then that person that comes out and like shows you all their cards and then you end up just not even trying to, but you just like, don't call them as much. You distance your friendship from it. And you actually don't, because you know, you're just like, you have a little bit of shame and you have a little bit of like, okay, what are they going to do? Just, you're going to be like, Oh yeah, I'll break up with her right now. Even though I'm in love. It right. is, it's what you said. No, you have to learn the that's, lesson. Exactly. And like once you have the friend that says, I don't like this partner or yeah, you should break up with them. And then you either get back together or you stay together. 
as you said, Kevin, like the shame. And then also like, you know, you're just not a safe space for them anymore. Yeah. You're just mm-hmm. not because like you, they know exactly how you feel. And like, even if, especially if you fake it, that's going to hurt their feelings. So, and God forbid they end up getting married to this person and having kids. You're not in their life. I, I don't remember if it was a conversation that we had with you or another uh, woman that we just had on our podcast, but she brought up a good point where it's like, you also don't have to like be best friends with all of your friends, significant others. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not necessarily your job. Your right. job is to be friends with your friend. And if if they want to have a relationship with the person, that's, that's their prerogative. Yeah. But, but it's not your job to like be chummy with everyone's everyone. Agreed. Agreed. You can't dance at every wedding. Um, we have so <laughs> many more questions. Two of them we actually answered on my episode of Bradshaw Boys. So I'm just going to bring them up so that people can go listen to that episode to hear the answer, which is that if you had to date one of Carrie's boyfriends, who would it be and why? And I don't know if you guys answered this question. So if not, just say like a quick rapid fire. If you could marry any of the girls, who would it be? Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Samantha. Mm. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I can change my answer tomorrow. I uh-huh. just feeling Samantha tonight. Yeah. I I think I I listen. I think I think we've done an FMK. I think I would definitely let Charlotte definitely down. Though. I would marry Charlotte and be in love with her, and then I would totally let her down. <laughs> I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Uh huh. Do you uh-huh. think any of us? Do you think any of us could have a successful marriage with Charlotte? Be honest. Um, I actually think John could. Yep, there you go. I think that's probably the Which right Which I answer. think is really funny that he said Samantha because I think Samantha might break his heart. Oh, Samantha would crush me. Yeah. She would she would chew me up and spin me out <laughs> uh-huh. so fast. Uh-huh. So yeah, it would, it would um, be two intimate experiences and then I'd be hitting the bricks. Totally, but you just confirmed Taylor Swift's very, very wise line, which is um, boys only want love if it's torture. So, uh, man. Taylor, right. you, you um, got that right. Don't, don't, say she, don't say she didn't warn us. Don't say she didn't <laughs> warn you. We're going to ask two last questions and do some quick rapid fire poll questions yeah. from our Instagram. What dating styles were they most ahead of the times on? Mm. Honestly, all of them because, yeah, I think, but any that stand I, out? I think... Um, the the idea of like open relationships is something that they talk about in this show. And even though Carrie, uh, in particular, there's, uh, I guess the the one that I'm thinking of is also the um, dating someone who's bisexual. And even though she doesn't handle it the same way that it would be written now, <laughs> she's like, you know, classic Carrie, like really grossed out and skeezed out by the idea. Mm-hmm. I still think introducing that at that time in mainstream uh, show was, was ahead of its time. Yeah, that's a really good call. Okay, this is a really fun one to end on. Um, if there were a Halloween episode, because I don't know if you noticed, but there are no like themed episodes, which mm-hmm. is weird. Um, what would each woman dress as? Oh, oh my wow. gosh. gosh. I think Carrie would be... Well, it's either Carrie or Charlotte. I think Charlotte might be Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. For mm-hmm. sure. That'd be great. That's what came to mind. Yeah, Charlotte mm-hmm. would be Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. Miranda would be Mr. T. <laughs> I could see that. And and back then she probably would have gone black. And then they just they just no. they have to go back and re-edit that out. They're just like fuck. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she she ran for governor and that's she's up in the polls and then Cuomo brings that out and she just tanks. Literally. Oh, it's funny because she did run. Um yeah. I, I, who I would be see, Betty Boop? I could, I could see, see like, Samantha. I could see Kim Control rocking Betty Boop. No, I think I think Samantha would be like a sexy cat or some shit like that. Yeah, I like, think she would be like a like an old like a pinup or like, like a Playboy what's bunny, the, like Catwoman. Ooh, Catwoman yeah. is yeah. great. Or a Playboy bunny. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. would and Carrie then, be? I mean, I was originally going to say uh, Dorothy, but I feel like that's a little too. And it's I feel like Carrie. God, Carrie would be. I think Carrie would be some sort of like pinup, like a Marilyn Monroe. Mm. She would do something that like would be like like stylish out of a magazine. Yeah, like the I was the iconic like wind blowing up dress. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's a good call. I was gonna yeah. say that or something from like what is it? Snow White. What's the glass slipper fairy tale? So she could wear Cinderella. Some, yeah, Cinderella. So she right. could wear, so she could wear some glass manolos. Mm-hmm. Or I know we like already that. nailed Charlotte, call. but just because Kristen Davis or 
like breakfast breakfast at Tiffany's for Charlotte would be another one that would just Ooh, oh that's, that's a, a good one she review. would totally be Audrey Hepburn that's a great one um, okay we're gonna do some rapid fire poll questions that aren't about Sex in the City and then mm-hmm. instead of asking you a regular quote I'm gonna ask you a Sex in the City quote that you like so start okay. start thinking um, oh, wow can you be too much for somebody yes or no hmm um, yes. Yes. But then I don't think that's, I don't think it's the right person, maybe. I agree. But we're talking yes or no's. <laughs> you you definitely can. And I All have right. been for multiple girls I have dated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Same. Okay. Too much. Is it being too intense, high maintenance, or too ready for something serious? Too intense or too ready? I think it could be both. Too intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe too intense. Maybe too intense, yeah. When you first start talking to slash seeing someone, do you like answering small talk questions over text? Like, what kind of shows do you watch? What music do you listen to? Yes or no? Yes. No. Yeah, I think mm. they're useful. I could text with a tree and have a great conversation. Same. If your partner's trying to lose weight, should you help or stay out of it? Help or stay out? Stay out. Stay out. Stay out. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like if that's reverse, like for me, I'm like, help. Because it's like a guy, you know? What are the per- but you can't I, help with a girl. What are the percentages on that? Do you know? Um, yes. It is 59% help, 41%. What? Oh, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. But that's because we're mostly women. Mm. Okay. Last question. If you can't trust your partner to do a household task and you would rather do it yourself... Is that a red flag? Yes or no? No. No. <laughs> you guys are like, no, I'd rather that be the case. That's wonderful. <laughs> I, I think it is. I, I think it is. Yeah. I think it depends on the task. Yeah. Well, yes, I once, yes I once no. had a partner that I couldn't trust to take the trash out, which mm. was really sad. Mm. Um, it was indicative. I'm not going to lie. Okay. <laughs> Let's go around and hear your favorite Sex in the City quote. And by the way, if you don't know it word for word, that's fine. You can just say the gist of what the the message was. So tough. I don't want to... I know. I, I, I can go first because I, I... Now, it's funny. This is just like the difference, I guess, between... I don't know what you get out of watching TV, but I will say mm-hmm. I don't necessarily ever feel this way in life, but I got chills when she broke up with Petrovsky and mm-hmm. when she just did the famous like love speech, like the, what she wants out of love. And she's just like, I want, you know, I, I don't know. I, I could find it and read it by the end, but it's like, I want knockdown, drag right. out. We're in, mm-hmm. you know, and I do think that you know, my friends that are in deep love and have been married for a long time, like it's not, it, it's not like that scene, you know, but there is something that that is like deep down. I think why it's a great TV show because they're not afraid to stray from being like, everyone wants that. You want like to fall in love, right. you know? And so I got chills during that part mm-hmm. and I was just like, I want that too, Carrie. So yeah, same. I have I have two, and I'm I'll go make them really fast. Okay. The first one is when Big tries to come back to Carrie after leaving him at the altar, and Chris and Davis just says no, but she says it with like so much power. Mm-hmm. It is so intense and so like good. such a good friend. Such a good and then friend. I think when they see um the, the when when Charlotte and Harry see the daughter that they get to adopt, Aww. and she like they they say like that's my girl or that's our girl. Aww. I think yeah. that was really emotional. Oh my god, for me. I have so many chills. I might cry <laughs> after this. What about you, Corey? I think this one. This sheds a little more light on it after our conversation about Big, about how Big is so open. But like, I really, I do like Big, even though we've talked about how like he has his problems. And I, from watching that show, I think we all really like Chris Noth, the actor. Mm-hmm. And I just love his delivery. And it's it's a quote that like is on Instagram all the time, but it's when he's like, sometimes you just want to be with the one that makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. And he says yeah. that to Carrie. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that's from like, I think the first season, first or second. Mm-hmm. And... I, I like that knowing how they end up and he just, I think he really does love her even though he's yeah. got all these like weird problems with stuff. I think he loves her and trusts her. So I really agreed. Agreed. But if you're listening, big is the exception, not the rule. So mm. don't think, <laughs> Please. don't think, don't yeah, wait. Do not pattern your life after this. I just like what, that quote. Exactly. What's your favorite quote? Um, That's a really good question. I honestly don't know, but 
I wonder if I can find it with a quick Google. Google. Um, In the meantime, while I'm looking, will you guys tell everyone where they can find you and follow you and listen to your podcast? Yeah. We are at the Bradshaw Boys on all social medias. And our podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's called The Bradshaw Boys. And then also, we're doing a rewatch. Do you want to tell them about the rewatch? Yeah, we're we're watching right now every other episode we're going back through. And so we have a Patreon where we're watching half and the other half are are on there. So it's been a pretty fun little watch club. Um, And then we all have our separate Instagrams. I'm Kevin James Doyle and I do stand up Mm -hmm. as well and, uh, and other things. So yeah, at Kevin James Doyle. <laughs> yeah. uh, check out check out the pod. We've had um, several interviews with Kristen Davis. We've had Sarah Jessica Parker on. We've had a lot of the the male actors, and uh, yeah, we're just we're so glad to be be here. Wait, you've had you. Sarah so, Jessica yeah. Parker on two, two times. Yeah, we've, we've got her on twice. Yeah, we had her on to talk about her wine, and then we did we did a we did an episode. Uh, we met someone through the podcast who she was a COVID doctor. She was an anesthesiologist in a COVID yeah. unit. And so she, we found out she loved listening to the podcast. And so we made an episode. We got, we were able to like call in all these favors from the cast and they recorded personal messages to her and all the, all the like workers that were working in hospitals. And so so we had all four women call in, which was amazing. And then a bunch of the male cast and then uh, Michael Patrick King also. And so, but that that was, but that day was so crazy because Sarah Jessica Parker wrote us back on Instagram and was like, let's do something about this. And there was like a, a massive text between the three of us that was like, get your microphones, get on the phone right now. <laughs> and she was like so great. She did a huge talk oh, with us. I love oh, her so much. I can't wait to listen to that episode. I think I'm going to do that right now. My quote <laughs> is kind of cheesy. Um, of course, it's Carrie. She said, after he left, I cried for a week. Then I realized I do have faith, faith in myself, faith that I would one day meet someone who would be sure that I was the one. Ooh. That's great. That is awesome. Find I was really hoping sure. that you're just going to pull up uh, Capote Duncan. I need to have sex tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you guys so much for coming on. This was amazing. Thank you for having, and, yeah. Thanks for having us. It.